I'ma make a hit, then take a hit. I keep it crispy like bacon bits when I break a white. Living childhood memories of walking home. Oh, you, know? you grew up in Dearborn? Uh, I did, I did. All right, you're dialed up. Audio's up. Okay. We're all good. We're ready to go. You guys came a long way, some farther than others. I'm very impressed. I'm very honored. You guys want to start? Uh, yeah, we can start. All right, let's start. Let's start. All right, so ASA Detroit. This is the second episode of 2023, so thank you very much. Uh, I'm your host, Mark. Let's go left to right and introduce yourselves. I am Rye Gray from Kalamazoo, Michigan. All right, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? I am a stand-up comic, podcast host, and then I make money by waiting tables. Very nice. Yeah, which is also the subject of my podcast, In the Weeds and on the Fly. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, go uh, Joe. Hi, I'm Joe Awesome. I live in Detroit, Michigan. I uh, I do a few different things. I play some music. I do some dances. I tell some jokes. Um, you can catch me at Neapolitan Ice Cream the last Thursday of every month at Brew Detroit, uh, hosting comedy and karaoke. Oh, you do that. I saw that. I saw that. That's a sweet ad. That's a sweet poster. See, now, now, now you're even more impressed, aren't you, now that I you mean, make I, that correlation I, mentally. It's cool to like get to know everybody. This is like one of the main things. I want to do it for, but what, you know. All right, Julia, who are you? Oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> um, it was a very abstract question. Uh, <laughs> what specifics would you like? All right. Well, all right. Introduce yourself and uh, like, what do you do? Like, what, okay. what like, how'd you get, how'd you get here? Um, I, my name is Julia Labrell and yeah. I grew up in Dearborn. I'm from the area. Um, I have, no idea what I'm doing most of the time. Um, currently, I'm actually working in like home care. Yeah. That's how what's paying the bills, hypothetically. Yeah, it's been super sweet because I end up just being able to like be an aide um, yeah. for uh, cool people who I talk to. It's a very easy job, nice. and then doing stand up comedy. And my heart lies with being a. I help run a summer camp. So nice. Yeah. So I'm. Uh, it's a really neat summer camp in Howell, Michigan, uh, and I serve on the board of directors, but I used to also work for them, and then I attended it when I was a kid, so wow. it's been really cool to get to do that transition. What's it's also a great source of comedy. Yeah, I bet. <clears throat> I bet. What's, the, well, like, what's the basis of the summer camp? It started out as actually like the property in the 1930s started out as, like I believe, a women's like YWCA camp. And then it was purchased by a church organization called um, the United Church of Christ. Okay. Specifically in Michigan, and that's when I was there. And then it closed in 2009, and actually former campers and those who are affiliated with the summer camp uh, came together to create a nonprofit board to reopen it. So they reopened it in 2012. And then 10 years later, we are up and running. We have like a full summer camp programming, made it through the pandemic, and then... We had a like total Hail Mary and got, um, which is funny for someone who's not religious to be talking about the summer camp. But yeah. on the other hand, it's an amazing moment, which is that our property manager was able to assist us in being able to secure the property. So we're actually going to have like consistency in place for at least like for hopefully at least another decade. So oh, yeah. Congrats. Have, yeah. It's a wild one and it's a fun place to be. So yes, thank you. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Rye. Yes, sir. So, so here's how this works, right? So, uh, I invite a comedian to come on. Right. Right? Yeah. And then that comedian brings their comedy crew. Yeah. So you pick these people. Can you explain why? Yeah. So it, first of all, they said they'd do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Explain why. Uh, but I went immediately to a group text that has been together since the pandemic. We all met each other on an open mic. Shout out to Quarantus Comedy and Nicole Melnick Ooh. for being a Ooh. wonderful She's a host. And yeah, just yeah. drawing people in and... Uh, and- you know, <laughs> uh, so we, we know each other from that. And it was, they live out here. They said yes. And I was like, perfect, because these are my peeps. I still yeah, yeah. bounce off ideas off them all the time. You know, yeah. uh, it's just really cool. It's such a diverse group of people that were involved, different ages, different races, different sexualities. So you have all these perspectives. It's been a, a great space to grow creatively. You know, um, especially for me, I do some really blue material yeah. and I can bounce off people and see like, get a pretty good sample of like, hey, can I get away with this? You know, how long have you guys known each other? 
Since the pandemic. Yeah, I guess yeah. uh, March of 2020. Okay. Yeah. And we're all comedians. So how long, you, Ryan, how long have you been doing comedy for? Um, since 2019. Okay. What about you, Joe? Oh, gosh. Uh, off and on since, uh, oh, God. I'd say more off than on, but I think consistently the past maybe like six, seven years here in the city. Okay. And you run a room now? Yeah. Just came back. Uh, revival of uh, Neapolitan ice cream. Uh, born, born and raised in KO Gallery, RIP, uh, to all those dudes in Hamtramck. Uh, we had a good thing going at a really great art studio and just now uh, locked it down with some of the homies over at Brew Detroit in Corktown um, over on Abbott Street. Over in the part of Corktown that's still, like, it's right next to the Greyhound Station. So that, like, of all the things that have gotten gentrified down there and changed, Greyhound Station is still the Greyhound Station, sure. right? You've been yeah. in the Greyhound Station. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ain't nothing different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Ain't yeah. nothing different about the Greyhound Station. Okay. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And how long you been doing comedy for? I really decided to take it seriously in 2019. It was... That's not what I asked. I, 20, I would say it's like... I like to say it was started on... I. It was actually like a Christmas show on 20, uh, 2018 in December. Okay. Um, it was at Sneakers, and it yes. was awesome because it was the uh, my buddy, Christine Villaginevsky, who... I think I know her. Yeah, yeah. she's a fabulous comic. She was running a mic in uh, Madison Heights. Uh, uh, on, at, the on the Rocks. Yeah, she was running one that of, for one a while. Of the, one of my originals, yes. Um, yes. I've known her through the, like, uh, you know, like, homosexual circle for yeah. an extensive period of time because, you know, you know a lot of gay... <laughs> Les- lesbian football players are not as common as you think. But you is that what you them. do? Oh, absolutely you not! Play football? No, I, absolutely not! I can't play football. Are okay. you kidding? Okay. No. Can I, can I ask a question? I can plumb. I can do plumbing. I hang okay. out. In the I, I, I have an important question. Can you tell me the difference between a homosexual circle, a homosexual square, okay. a homosexual triangle? You start getting uh, in the, cor- it, the like, corners. It, get clicky. It, uh, you it, keep it round. You don't go. You start ditching out when you get too What's serious the difference about the between shapes? straight geometry and homosexual geometry? Well, what did you I just, say? What did like you say? What? what? What shape did you say? Oh, I said the homosexual circle. Because okay. I'm not getting into corners. That's judgment. You have to define edges then. <laughs> I don't even understand what you guys so are saying. Is a homosexual square just still in the closet then? Jesus. Gays are so... For something that math is so gay, <laughs> math is so totally gay, <laughs> and yet so when you hear gays talk about it, it is oh, like... It's beautiful worse than fashion <laughs> <laughs> oh oh my goodness just tell me the answer already like i just want to hit the equals button can i please yeah they they never show the algebra no. competitions i'm posed no. uh, underrepresented <laughs> uh you just start throwing the you know it's the alphabet mafia you want all the letters yeah yeah all right all right so you knew christine yeah you i've known her for a very in, long time uh, yeah. it, at sneakers and that was. And why'd in, you say? Why'd you say seriously? What you'd like take a break, or you just doing kind of doing it on um, the side, or what? I really, I've always like writing has always been something I love to do, and it was yeah. a hobby. But because I kept losing jobs, I kept <laughs> coming back to writing as something that was like I actually enjoy this and get a lot out of it. But yeah. taking it serious as a career is just so um, is so internal, and it's hard to do and to make that leap. And then comedy was the thing that kind of bridged it. And I realized yeah. that that's what the first time I ever thought about writing is something I could actually do for a job. So you're writing for a living right now? Uh, absolutely not. No, oh, it doesn't oh. pay anything. Okay. But the first time at Sneakers, it was like a pass the pot, like, um, yeah. you know, donate to the comics you perform that night. Yeah. So I got paid 20 bucks, and I chased that high ever since. That's what's up. Respect. Y- you can't. Like, think it's going to get serious for you unless you do as much as you can. And I, even I struggle with that. Like, I stay motivated. It's hard. I'm in Kalamazoo. There's not um, a lot of mics up there. And they, if they are, they're pre-booked. Yeah. But that's, you know, doesn't always work with my schedule. Yeah. You know? And it's hard for me to get the time off, to know in advance. And, you know... I, it's just easier for me to do show up, go ups. Yeah. And I wish yeah. there was more of them. So I come out here a lot, actually, because I know that if I come out on Mondays oh, and Tuesdays, so I can so much. hit a bunch of mics, you know, and it's the same thing in Grand Rapids. You can do a couple on a Tuesday night. I am excited, though. I have uh, next week on the 18th, I am going to open up an open mic at Shakespeare's. And then I am going to head over to Final Gravity and do the Hot Wings show there. And then I will be at Dave's Bar on January 20th. Uh, tickets are available for that show at demandandpeach.com. Are you going to sh- you got to tell me what what you said Hot Wings show? What's that? 
Oh, I'm really excited about this. It was a hot pepper show, and it has moved to hot wings. I, I think I can, like, handle the, the wane. I don't think I can handle, like, the pepper, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so you have to, like, get time by based on, like, how hot of the wanes that you can eat are. I don't oh, know. God. So you got to, like, so as, when you tap out, that's when your time's up? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Are you good with the spicy? Yeah, I mean, like, my husband likes, like, really spicy food. Like, we'll go to Thai restaurants, and, like, the old ladies cooking in the back will come out to watch him eat. <laughs> you know, to see if he could do it. Oh, wow. They think, like, he's made a mistake, and he thinks he knows <laughs> something. And he's just sitting there sweating and wiping his face. His lips are all red. And yeah. he's just like, I feel so alive, and I'm so happy. <laughs> and I'm like, you are overly sentimental, sir. That's funny. <laughs> Start to tell me about his childhood memories. I'm just like, just finish your food because I don't like it that spicy. Yeah. You that know. sounds miserable. I can't, I, I like spicy, but I, I don't like to be like. But I cook really spicy for him for that reason. So I have more of a tolerance than I used to. Yeah, you're you getting know. used to it. You're getting used oh, yeah. to it. Um, so like what made you guys all like kind of get in the comedy? We'll go uh, middle and then left and right. You go first. Um, I've lived a, I've lived a really weird life. Um, and only uh, over time, uh, have I realized that that's like a certain part of that is like retaking of like traumatic narratives. Like everybody has some sort of like, you know, Oh, I was like, not everybody, but a lot of, a lot of comics have like, I was a teased as a kid thing type of thing. Or it has like their own, like, Oh, and I overcame, yeah, you know, being a dork or I just learned to deal with it or it's kind of like an adaptation to like uh, this kind of almost emotional Aikido of taking something that's used against you and like using that momentum to like flip it into something it's a great term. that's both, yeah. you know, both warlike and art-like. Um, and I think that exists. I grew up in Florida too. So it's like inherently a comedic premise. Um, <laughs> the, uh, Florida gets picked on so much. We get picked on. That's the thing is people, people do pick on Florida. They say about like, Oh, you have no culture, but like everybody, <laughs> But like, how many of these people also have? They say I have no have no culture, but how many of these people also have Disney Plus logins? <laughs> right. So like, there's a certain undeniable like American premise of first contact that like Florida like native. The, the Dolly Museum is there, which is like if you you are in Florida, like that to me is the right. one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. The do- what's the Dolly Museum? Uh, it's the Salvador Dali Museum. Oh, it's full oh, of oh, Dali. Oh. Yeah. And they okay. have different exhibits, yeah. and it's absolutely amazing. When you said that, I thought Dolly Parton. I was going to say, not to be confused for Dollywood. But that, I mean, I think Dollywood is underrated, too. I think we can agree that Dolly Parton is, like, a saint. She is underrated. Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm uneducated on the Dolly Parton. I'm not good with that. Do I'm you not know good that Dolly Parton She's... will send your child a book for free if you just sign up? That's amazing. Because she wants all children to have books. The I'm pro Dolly now. I'm oh, pro yeah. Dolly. Yeah. Absolutely. And Dolly the Painter. And I'm pro. The, I'm pro oh, both Dollies. I'm pro all Dollies. Hey, I feel like this is surreal right now. All right, so keep going. Keep going. Keep going. That was good. Respect. Respect, yeah. Miss Gray. Respect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So just getting like I don't know. After a while, you tell somebody you know something happens to you. Where you're like, that's like, you know, it's only it's like how you deal with the stumbling blocks of an everyday existence being yeah. weird too is the other thing like. Not leaning into it, but running through, like the weirdness is my thing. Like it's, I've had a normal day in my life. Um, you know, if I met my twin brother the year after I met my dad, like, wow, that's just sophomore year in high school. Like, yeah, I don't watch Shameless because that's just Tuesday where I grew up. Wow, they have seven seasons of Tuesday. Come on, you guys, <laughs> come on. That's a joke. I hope you. That's a joke in your in your in your stuff. Um, where was your first open mic at? Uh, it was in a holiday. It's a Holiday Inn off of I seventy five on off of the Newberry Road exit in Gainesville, Florida. Come on. Uh, yeah, it was at the the hotel bar, the yeah. hotel lobby bar. Just real like college town characters, like yep. dudes in town for stuff, like random college kids who were like, oh, we're at a bar, can we drink here? Like, yeah. debatably, like two very two drink minimum, like. A bunch of seasoned, griddle, grizzled, like, dudes who, like, bounce between probably there in the Cafe Risque, the next exit down. Yeah. Uh, and, like, you know, every so often, a, you know, a gang of college kids who would be newer or fresher would have, like, a different thing that they were bombing on. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was a real trip. It was a real trip. Some of the dudes I've seen from that, and it's wild to think about some of those people. You might forget a lot of these people. This was, like, 2005 or something, mm-hmm. like, a bit ago. 
And I remember a couple of these dudes now are like, I haven't talked to some of these dudes in forever, but like one of these dudes was a uh, Chris Cope, Chris Cope out in LA. Um, I remember he, he was up in Gainesville and I remember he was hosting this mic or one of the other mi early mics I had. And now he's like, he was a big, like Horatio Sands, like big dude. And that was his kind of like, he had like big dude comedy vibes. I was like, all right, this is like my first up close, like seeing of like somebody who's like, has that big dude vibe thing going. And like, now he's like, I think he's like a Waffle House ambassador now or something. Yeah. They don't even have yeah, Waffle yeah, House in yeah. California. He's like, uh, I think he throws out a pitch for like the Venice gays. Like they're like West coast. Okay. Like Savannah Bananas type of like, you know, goofball baseball team. Yeah. Totally not gays. Yeah. Uh, G-A-Z-E with a Z. Shout out to the Venice gays. Um, okay. But yeah, like it was, it was that type of thing where people, and like it, all it takes is like one or two people to be like, hey, that was good. Or yeah. like, hey, keep going. Or like, yo, that was weird. Was that like, how much of that was real? Like, oh no, it was all real. And then kind of like that next kind of level of seeing like, oh, there's like plenty of stuff that's not real. Or there's plenty of embellishment that you can take or like, how authentic do I need the story to be? Yeah. Um, love it, man. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Right. Uh, what, uh, what got you into it? Like, how did you get into this whole thing? Um, three years now, right? About three years, two yeah. years, two and a half. So I like definitely, I think got into comedy because number one, I thought I could, you know, like you were the funny one in the group. Yeah. I, um, and it, that is something that like kind of involved, involved in me over time just because of like my past and my past trauma. It, it was something I didn't even realize like that was about me as a person for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and in fact, I think the other part of it and the big part of it for me is to be heard because I think for so long I wasn't and so much happened. Yeah. So I think for me, it's me taking control of that narrative and all the things that caused me hurt and kind of throwing it back at the world and saying you're wrong. Akito. That's what he said, man. Yeah. I love that. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's, a, it, and for me, it works. I feel like I have something to say and, you know, in fact, um, I have a educational bit I do and because we're going to be appropriate, I won't. Yeah. Thank you. Go into that. <laughs> thank you. But, uh, I, had a, a comic come up to me and said, Hey, I saw you at such and such. And you did that. And he goes, after that, I went home and I looked at a diagram and I learned it. So I'm so glad you called on me tonight. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Oh my God. You were the comic that in the, yeah. With the, <laughs> yes, exactly. Whoa. That's funny. I never seen such a, so I mean like it is working and it's funny. A lot of times I'll be in rooms and uh, you know, um, people that I don't understand why they just like my joke, liked it, but they did. Yeah. You know, and I think it surprises them. So I now, like to like, think. Right. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I cut you off. I like to think for me, it's a, it's a way to like kind of um, change the world's mind a little bit too, you know? So like whatever, so like you've been able to like stuff that's bothering you that maybe you feel like is like, not that, you know, it feels like you feel like powerless. You'd like grab it. Or I it. feel like things that people maybe judge people for that I think are unfair and unrealistic. Yeah. You know, um, and things I really felt judged for as a younger woman. I think I want to put out there for women to let them know, to let them know that like, hey, everybody goes through this. This is oh. okay. Yeah. Um, it's one reason, like, I know like Amy Schumer, like whatever, everybody can say what they want. But for me... I liked her because she talked about like her dirty panties, right? Yeah. In a real way, because like we're taught as women not to do any of that and all of that is bad. And, you know, it, it's a lot of expectations. So I just like want to use my experience and my pain and my strength that I have from surviving all that to kind of like try to change the way people think. I like it. That's cool. That's very cool. Julia, we're getting deep. We're getting deep with the first two. What's up? What's up? Yeah. What's up? What's Woo, up? Feeling. All right. How did you how did you get into it? Like why'd you get into it? And where did you get into it? Well, you already told us where you got into it, but well, yeah, how? Why? I was kind of thinking about it like the concept of like the first open mic or the first mic you did. It, the embarrassing one is actually the first one was at band camp because of course it was. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, no, and it was like I had I don't remember what it was about. It was kind of just something I knew about myself was that yeah. 
I have this ability to just kind of like make a commitment and move on. I don't know. I'm having trouble best explaining it, but I knew that I had like really bad like stage fright. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, I have to get over this because it's <laughs> not going to work. Like this is not a situation that is comfortable. So you just throw yourself in the deep end. Yeah. It's kind of always my style was like, it would take me 50 minutes standing next to the pool to jump in, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. but I would go in the deep end. You know, I'd finally do it, but it would like, so I had this thing where I was like, I have to get over it. I can't have this like nervous energy around it because it's stopping me from being able to like talk to people about it. Oh, things. wow. So you yeah. were like, you were, it was getting so hard where you could like not just like have a natural well, or new conversation with somebody. Yeah. And it was like, I think, and yeah, it was just like, yeah, it was inhibiting me. And it was definitely something where I was also like, in a way too, I was going through a lot, not because, I mean, because life is hard for everybody, but mm-hmm. I just had that kind of like, predisposition for having depression and it kicked in as a kid but you don't like know what it. age what age i would say probably like 11 oh, and wow. yeah and you don't realize it and it's like always kind of that like it's just part of life and some people's brains and you got to just figure it out but i was able to identify it and i had kind of the support like i'm lucky that i had a support system where that was communicated mm-hmm. on the other hand i didn't talk about it i was too nervous about so it. so you didn't talk about it no i the weirdest part is that like you kind of can't because you can't you're a kid you're still learning how to figure it out Mostly you're just like, I have to get through middle school. Like, there's just like, there are end goals here. (laughs) But it was that, like, something kicked in that made me get really nervous and I had to get over it. So I worked out with my best friend at the time that I would do uh, pickup lines. So I asked (laughs) 10 of my guy friends who know, like, this is me top to bottom wearing yeah. coveralls. I started yeah. that way and I'm going to end that way. Yeah, that's so great. like they didn't know what I was doing, but I asked him if I could like ask him a question. So I did this whole thing where I just did like the worst pickup lines. And it started like as an actor. This is just like you it talking was to people in the talent show. I love it. I love for it. All, I love we had it. like 150. It was, it was, yeah. So I did like pickup lines. And one of my favorites was like, I'll be your, I was like, I went up to my buddy, uh, Brandon, and um, I I looked at him and I was like, hey, I'll be your Burger King if you'll be my Dairy Queen. And he just turned like, yeah. right. And he was one of like my, like just one of like the most out and like gregarious people. But I just shut it down and he looked at me and then he just like burst into tears and it all went around as a joke. Because I was going to do the pickup line that my mom did on my dad, yeah. on my best friend, uh, Donna. She was a blast. And she yeah. was, like, in on it. Like, she knew that, like, I had to just kind of kick this thing. And so I went up and I was like, I like your beer mug. <laughs> and then just walked away. Because that's exactly what my mom did. To your dad. Oh, absolutely. Smooth. smooth. Just, that was it. She was like, I liked your beer mug. And then she looked at him and then she got nervous and walked away. And I was like, damn it. I got that side of the family. So I did that joke. And then the best part about it is despite being the most like hunkered down, like I, there was like the rumor, the, the joke amongst my friends was I was like a cold, heartless robot. I was yeah. like, do not touch me. Like <laughs> I was like social distancing at a young age. Yeah, yeah, you had it. Just because I was like, up. I have to vibrate out a lot of energy. Yeah. You don't want to get close. I might hit you on accident. Okay. Um, Just kind of a nervous kid in yeah. that way. So <laughs> all the, there was a contingent of moms that called my mom and were concerned that I was being kind of slutty. Oh, no. And I had to like be like, nope, nothing is happening. It was all a performance. That's artist. hilarious. For, for the talent show? They, yep. They got I, got, I got phone calls. What were the laughs like? Did you get some oh, good reactions? Oh, it died. It hit. No oh, one yeah. expected it. And like the drum line. How? The, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you can't, yeah. like the moms the thought moms that worried. I was. The mo- band camp moms do not. The moms think. worried. So this was at right. band camp. So you were it at band camp. It was 100% at band camp. You guys were camping out. Front. Camping we, out. We were in the auditorium at Adrian College. That's awesome. Oh my and you God. tore it up. Yeah, did you know I went to Adrian? So I know exactly what you're talking yep. about. And so, yeah. that, so that was like your, fir- your first uh, your first show was probably hard to replicate for a while because that's like a full house. It was a hit. <laughs> I bet I it was. Had a, you did I nothing had wrong, Julia. Like it's fine. Do you remember like the first time you guys like knew like, ooh, this is like for me. We'll go with uh, you first, you, and then left. We'll go right to left. Like, ooh, this is for me. Was it that moment in the auditorium? No, absolutely not. So when did you know, like, ooh, this comedy stuff, like, this is for me. Like, this is legit. Like, when did you get that feeling? Uh, like, I, I can remember, like, the exact moment where I was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this. Well, yeah, I, I'm not sure. 
I'm not sticking. Nothing sticking out. That's fine. What do you? What about you? Um, funnily enough, it wasn't even in a comedic situation. I was in an organizing meeting for this like large social justice conference thing. Um, yeah. Shout out Allen Media Conference. Uh, worked for Allen Media Projects for some time. Uh, at an organizers meeting, and we were just talking about like number of brown queers, talking about number of brown queer experiences. Yeah. Like, where are you from? Every every brown queer has like a where are you from? What are you type of situation? And everybody was, we were, the, the, the concept of the joke came up between some of the different like branches of like, you know, design, design nerds and like business nerds and these types of things are like that we would just come up with a rate card that you would give people because I, because of the answer I gave to the question, like, well, what do you tell people, Joe? Like, I just give them the same answer to every other question. What's your budget? Yeah. Uh, you know, cause I'm a professional, yeah. right? Like I've been brown for decades. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. I've got decades of experience being, you know, mistaken for all sorts of identities. Yeah, so, like, yeah. I'm just trying to give you a quote, you know, not yeah. waste your time. Uh, and, like, fill it out. Give them, like, you know, you can, you know, use the Venmo button, you know, use the QR code. Like, really try to, like, monetize this really, it seemed like, repeatable experience. Okay. Um, and that this group of, like, th- in theory, the hardest laugh. Like, right? There's, like, degrees yeah. of difficulty, like gymnastics. Like, you know, what are you, the people that should, like that are really the most critical about certain types of things. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody died. Oh, you know? that's great. I was like, oh, you know, if I can get these, if I yeah. like this, it, like there's not like a, and it was that moment where it clicked in like a different queer, like different set of lenses. Like there's a whole segment of people that have no, that like have never heard the right music, right? They've never heard the right joke or they've never been approached a certain way about something that they might otherwise be like hypercritical, hyper attentive, you know, you might have that thing that you take ultra seriously, but even yeah. that has like a way that can like extract, you know, laughter from something, no matter how, yeah, you know, repeatably horrible it might be. United the room. Yeah. That's a great feeling. Yeah. We had, oh yeah. And that, that was that moment where I was like, you know what, if I can do this here, like you're in. what else can we do? Yeah. You're in. That's a good feeling too. Rye Grace. Rye Grace. Sorry, sorry, I said Rye Grace. You're all right. Rye, Rye um, so, I mean, I was born into funny family. My grandfather was township supervisor, and he used to wear a ponytail hat into work some days. Yeah. He ran, I think, a post one time for a position. I don't know, like, if it was supervisor or clerk. But they made shirts of him, and he was wearing, like, the glasses that make your eyes huge. Yeah. Right? And that was it from my cousin's wedding, and he went into the ladies' room that night because he had on the googly eyes accidentally. He couldn't see the thing. But anyways, there's a picture of him, and they put it on T-shirts, and it said, vote him for me, question mark. Yeah. My family did that yeah. for him. Yeah. So, like, I had had an inkling. I did interpretive and dramatic reading competitively in junior high school. What? Yeah. yeah. And that's I was, that's niche. niche. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I. We need to know about competitive reading. Yeah. Can you tell? What is that experience like? Oh, I think that's like competitive what I do. Competitive reading. Like, I, well, also, like, I, in the fourth grade talent show, I uh, did uh, Juliet's death scene. So, you know what I mean? Whoa. Yeah. So you got some. You got some yeah. Talent. And I, I did. I you did, just rolled your eyes. I'm like, yeah, I got some yeah. talent. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I competitively read that in the eighth grade. I went to states with that, y'all. I went to, Whoa. you know. Nice. Yeah. I went to state. I did a, I did a competitive, uh, like, similar thing, like speaking, you know. And I thought I was, like, Mr. Whatever when I got up there. And I thought I was, like, I didn't really practice. I just thought I was, like, a genius. When I, and I remember I, I did my little thing. I got my topic, and I went up there. And the judge was just like, okay, thank you. And that was it. Like, I got no, all these kids were getting all this love and they're like, get out of here, dude. I also drew competitively. Did you really? Yeah. So it was this thing called academic track. Wow. So you're smarty. Yeah. It's okay to say you're (laughs) smarty. Yeah, you're smarty. Yeah. And I was bullied, so it was really nice to have something I could do. I had tried to join actual track, but the boys threw rocks at me and spit at me. Come on. Dead ass. You know what's crazy? Like, I did not know that like other people had bad school experiences until I became a teacher. Like, I was just like Mr. Lucky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did <laughs> not know. Public schools? Oh, yeah. I did not know. Like, I just was like in this like, I feel like a jerk saying this, but like, yeah. 
I started teaching high school and then I was like, ooh, like not everyone is in really yeah. enjoying this. So I was actually really bullied until my senior yeah. year when I wrote a letter about like how it like really, really hurt people and put examples and like didn't name any names, yeah. but like things for myself and things that other people had told me. Um, like including I like a kid that had told me that he had had his shotgun in his mouth before. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, because I went to school like where football players um, attacked a junior high boy that came up for band and peed on him in the bathroom. That person also bullied me. And it's just like, it it was a lot, you know, it's like a pro football, pro whatever town. And uh, I realized now it was never me that places twisted. And it is weird in some ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I try to really distance myself from it. Smart. Very yeah. smart. Very smart. So, but anyways. So you're bullied. You're going through yeah, school. Competitive I reading. Through, I, I, competitive reading. And I did really good. And I knew I was into performing. And then, you know, life went on. And I had a lot of struggles that I had to get through. And it kind of came to a time where, like, I knew that I wanted to do it. And um, I signed up for it. I told my manager at work. And she started telling everybody, like, oh, you know, Raya's going to do this. You guys are going to go. Whoa. Customers. And then I kind of, like, started telling more friends. And, like, 50 oh people oh came to God. see me do it the first time. Oh, my God. And they let me close out the show. Oh, my um, God. And I, my aunt showed up. Oh and I was wearing the dress I'd worn to my grandfather's funeral. And I had all these, like, vulgar jokes I was going to tell. Oh, my God. But I went and I did it. And, like, I killed that Oh, wow. And it was, like, a drug. It was, like, yeah. something happened in my brain. I'm like, this is, this is what's up. And... I go back to the table and my husband just is just sitting there shocked going, you're doing this again. Oh, that's, you're doing this that's again. Awesome. That's awesome. He goes, I told you, I, I know I said it wasn't going to be like Miss Maisel, but then it was. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I also like rehearsed and rehearsed yeah, in yeah, front yeah. of like a friend. Um, shout out to my friend Olive. They really, really um, supported me. And when I first started doing it, would listen to me and watch me do it over and over again and critique me and help me just get better. Wow. So, I mean, I couldn't have done that without her. That's a great story. That's a great story. Now, you guys feel like you're, you're like, do you guys feel like you're progressing the way you want to be? Because you guys all, like, three years on and off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for like a minute. Okay, okay. And then you're like 18, but you didn't start taking it serious to about what you said, like, three. I was, it it was basically like in 2019 was when I was like, no, this okay. is worth it. So like, are you guys feeling like you're progressing the way you want? Are you getting like, how many times are you guys getting up a week? What about you? I mean, I try to do at least once a week. I'm trying to do more. I try to do as much as I can. Yeah. Um. You know, I try to make sure I show up whenever I can. I, and, and that's all I can do. Right. Is try yeah. to hit every opportunity I can. It's hard. My husband's in law school. Um. Or he just graduated law school. He's studying yeah. for the bar. He's not working a lot. You know, so you're hustling. Then. Yeah, I am yeah. hustling. But my podcast, I'm doing every week. We're booking cool guests. Um, like I say, I have stuff coming up. So I know that maybe I'd like to be further, but I've got to grind harder. And I've got to find the time to do that. And that's just starting to happen for me. Um, we're living life right now. Yeah, living like life. some 22-year-old kid that can um, just like do whatever we, they want. We lost my brother-in-law last year. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. That was really rough. So... You know, I'm just out here hustling and hoping that people yeah. take notice. I mean, I believe in me. Good. So, what about you, Joe? How many times you get up a week? It used to be a lot. Pandemic really shifted a lot of perspectives. Okay, um, like in what way? So, like pre-pandemic, probably like five, six, seven nights a week, like just like killing Whoa. it, like biking everywhere. Yeah, and then I didn't own a car. I was working at a bike shop. I was like, where are you? Li- where are you living? Uh, Detroit. Like hell yeah like new center downtown so you're just biking all over to yeah like, to i had like and like i had a pretty compact like set of things between like that was back when uh prankus with bart dang yes. Shout out to yes. prankus over at lj so i worked at the bike shop across the street okay shout out to my dudes at metropolis um and so between there and like where i was living uh things like living in woodbridge at the time like there was a very easy like you know kind of circuit i was like killing it all these things and then pandemic hits i had some like 
tour stuff kind of set up in Canada. I was going to go do some Canadian stuff. I had some other things. I performed a bunch of different plays. I was like, you know, we'd got had Neapolitan was going for like hot uh, for a minute. Had some good media and some like awesome people come through from that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I got to perform with like some of the people that I'd uh, always wanted to. Francesca Fiorentini, who did just come off a great run at Al Jazeera Plus. I got to host her at Allied Media Conference in 2018, I think. What's the Allied Media Conference? Um, it's a big conference of grassroots, uh, you know, media organizers, media-based organizers, community organizers um, around a lot of different issues, um, a lot of social, like heavily social justice okay. type stuff. And that was like based here? Uh, it started as the Midwest Zine Conference in Bowling Green, Ohio, and eventually moved to Detroit in... Oh gosh, I'm gonna muff the history. At some point in time in the past twenty years. Okay. Okay. Um, and it's been here at Wayne, I think, since '07, maybe. And you're still heavy in that. Um, less so, more supporting, more in kind of a supporting role locally. Um, they've got, undergone a lot of changes, like a lot of people have. Um, yeah. over the pandemic, kind of shifted, like I said, perspectives for me. Like I said, I was getting out a whole bunch. Five, seven nights a week. I yeah. mean, that's like that's right. grinding, man. Grind. I was grinding. It was, you know, and that was like a hard ramp from like taking it like. To, uh, I'm just like telling funny stuff at the yeah. bar to like, there's a beginning, middle, and end. This yeah. is what came to do. I'm frying that guy. That guy's a nemesis. Never want to see that dude again, oh, wow. et cetera, et cetera. You know, just kind of like picking up, okay. you know, kind of, a, you know, a <laughs> fingerprint of sorts. And then yeah. I'm hustling to get to the point where I can work the hours so I can do that, though. Well, that's, I mean, that's, and that's part of that's it. A, right? That's like, you know, I mean, fi- I mean, five. I mean, that's, yeah. yeah it's almost like you're, and I do other stuff, is the yeah, thing. That's what I'm so saying. Like, like, how could you now? I don't know how someone, and that's how that. it is now. I'm yeah. like, maybe once or so a week if I'm like, have new stuff I'm trying to do out, but I have like plenty of things, plenty of non-comedy things that keep me busy as yeah. well. So it's like trying to balance that has been like a refocusing and like getting getting a night for a show back is the, is the big thing. Is that once a weekly? That's monthly. That'll okay, be so once a month. Yeah, that's like a hard commitment. I can like do that and say like, hey, I'm putting my all into this. I'm I have enough things that I can just say if I want to just trot something out that uh-huh. I can still think. Still think of as fresh, but also like not be disappointing and like feel good about where I'm at with just material that I have now, just polishing it for performance. Yeah, it's in a, you're in a good place. It sounds like like yeah. it's 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 like uh, so like someone was like, I always ask like, are you doing this like for your full boat or is it like like a kind of a hob session? No, I want to like, I want to have fun. That's my thing. So it's like, like a hobby. Like you're having a good time. I'm having a good time. I'm hosting a show. I've always hosted, you know, performance type things yeah. and like really gotten a good crowd together that was one of the things at neapolitan we were really i was really proud of is that all of the out-of-town folks all the pros everybody that came through was like well you guys have a really cool room here oh, all the locals nice. are like yeah that's a huge did, compliment where did you get all these people from these people don't like aren't at the bar doing this or you know out doing this but like you know it'll be like you know the same kids that would go to a hardcore show and like yeah. some people that would go to this like you know that would go to uh, you know yoga in the park or what have you how do you get on that show is it like show up go up or you gotta get scheduled um i have the first month set and i'm gonna have a link soon basically it's like it'll be four or so people probably four people probably yeah. a month and all the comics do a karaoke song at the end of their oh, set i love it i got if um, i ever get invited i have my karaoke song already going. so that'll be part of the sign up will be people's I, I karaoke song to impress before. Me. my karaoke song is mini the moocher and i'm mm-hmm. i'm like a, a 20 out of 10 at it i love do stroking you do okay. you do do stroking. Okay. I call it Clarence Carter. What's your karaoke song? Uh, I do a really wonderful rendition of "Call Me Maybe." Okay, I love it. And what's yours? I'm on a rotation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let, let her you tell you why. You always got like an alternative answer over here. Uh, all right, Julia, what is your top karaoke song? We're holding a hard okay, okay. stance no, on this. You're not getting out of this. No, right now I am absolutely working through. Self-esteem by The Offspring. Okay. Yes. Okay. It is hitting a nerve, and I'm obsessed with it. I love uh, it. It is definitely that. I get into like skip the fun trauma stuff, but basically, I lost my music collection at one point, oh not my by my God. choice. That was a very specifically difficult thing. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, no. As a kid, lesbian records, is, records. Uh, what CDs. you have? CDs. Oh no, burned mixes. I had a like. But it was the case too. You had your stickers. I get it. And it hurts your heart. I gave it. I gave mine to my little brother. Mm. No, they didn't. He didn't have internet for a really long time. He was like, "Are you sure?" And I'm like, "Yes, I have Amazon Music." No, it was. uh, It was a. It was a pretty thing, and I. I, 
specifically has come about because like I've been trying to recreate it, but then I realized there's a point of like kind of, you know, flip reversing the yeah. drama of it, the situation was that now I get to forget the bad ones. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I have been like self-selecting what albums I've like been really kicking back on and that I don't know what maybe just like a really uh coming out of kind of like a complicated year, couple okay. of years. I'm hitting that like middle school punk rock riot girl music, but now I have Spotify so I can listen to all the albums <laughs> that were censored. So yeah. it's just like going back in a deep dive. It's fabulous. Gosh, damn, yeah. So I have to yeah, no, it's a it's a thing. You got some serious business. So all right, so yeah. self esteem. Oh. Yeah. It's got feelings behind it. It's you, can you tell us like when have you've, you've done some reflection? You listen to Rye, <laughs> you listen to Joe. Yes. Can you now remember when you're like, ooh, this comedy thing? Like, I'm in. I'm all. So it's kind of, I guess the thing for me, like I said, is it was like the writing thing was the theme behind it. Like, it wasn't it, the performance spaces are very hard for me. I've always had like a really complicated relationship with it. Yeah. I liked it. I was like goofy. I also had a mom who is like one step away from a drag queen. Okay. Like she wears okay. a lot of capes and has literally a dresser full of costume jewelry. This is great. And she had a, me and I was just like, we had to institute a rule that I had to take, like I wasn't allowed to wear things for 24 hours at a time <laughs> because I would find like my favorite sweatshirt and just like hunker down in it. And uh, she had to wash it. That yeah. was a conversation. So, I love it. Yeah. I love it. So I was like, it's like, in some ways, it's like, if it's like we looked like the like cleavers, but we were the Adams family, like oh undercover. Oh my God, that's great. I, she, my mom was very active in the PTA. It did not make you popular as a kid. <laughs> oh. It did give you an inside scoop in the big good sections. Oh my oh, God. But, uh, did you guys do the pie walk? I remember the pie oh, walk. Oh, cakes. Cake cakes, walk. And it wasn't us. We It was farmed out cake to walk. the churches in the area. Cake walk. You guys I, know the cake walk? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, actually. Everybody wins. That's the trick yeah, of the cake walk. If there was a fun fair, I volunteered <laughs> at it one year. They put me in the balloon room to draw yeah. on the balloons for the kids. Mm -hmm. And we just ended up sucking a lot of helium. It was a fun day, <laughs> dude. <laughs> no, but like, yeah. <laughs> I, I um, But I always loved writing, but it was like very hard to perform those pieces because yeah. it's a lot you know you just like you have an idea of it and then also again like i've just been always always leaned way more like androgynous in presentation and for okay. me it was very hard because butting up against performance spaces for women was like you were in a leotard and tights if you were dancing like i danced for like 10 oh years. you mean previous okay yeah I so like i always loved it but i kind of had this hard stop for some of it where i was like this is not a healthy space for me so i didn't ever think of it as like a career path so you love the dancing and stuff oh i love like the i mean being goofy on stage and just like having fun with it and me i honestly i always kind of had fun the weird part was like the hosting component to it being able to like give people space to have like fun yeah um and because that wasn't ever a professional thing and i worked a lot in education with children yeah i always ended up hosting talent shows because someone no no adults wanted to yeah and we did it i specifically did it with like some lgbt youth groups like yeah. um like uh lgbtqai youth groups and i uh, the talent shows were a riot because it's just like 14 year olds pouring their heart out on acoustic guitars yeah and i know i can't tune it because that's not my skill set but i also know it's out of tune <laughs> <laughs> and you just got to work through yeah, it and yeah. see the best but it was oh, never it was always like that hobby but yeah. um like i said it was just like repeated experiences with like everyone has them with just like instability with like jobs and housing and just yeah. hitting those strides where you just are like not finding a niche, which is worth putting in the effort when it came around to my friend Christine. And when she like getting to see her do the open mic, it yeah. actually almost made it seem real. And then yeah. when she suckered me into it, like I said, it was kind of that, like maybe this is an actual thing you can do for money. That's a good friend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's wild. She's an amazing person. Now you just doing it for money or you do it. Cause like, do you really enjoy it? Absolutely. All of it. I didn't know you could do both at the same time. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like how, wait a second. You can actually like all aspects of what you do. I mean, it's not, like I said, the hardest part for me was struggling with like getting through like how to have confidence on stage with like presentation yeah. yeah, and not feeling that nervous energy and then add on just a couple other things with like working in settings uh, with yeah. dealing with the public like being in some spaces I had my own like issues with like again the anxiety mm -hmm. of the space I had to get through actually just physically dealing with like having to be like claustrophobic like yeah. it's just that it's not anything you can always get over yeah. it's just a situation that you have to like 
work through because you know bars aren't always the best places for everybody i know i get it yeah i get it it's so funny because like i'm like chasing the nerves yeah it's like opposite like i'm chasing a way to try to get like nervous Mm. does that make sense Oh, I can help you out with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like can, it's interesting here. So yeah. you like you love you like the comedy. You love the writing. And yeah, and it's been t- and the cool thing is it's taken me in some fun spaces. So like I said, I always worked in like I always thought education was kind of actually where I was going to end up. Yeah. And I love this summer camp program that I get to do because I get oh, creative yeah. about it. But then I realized that that could actually be my hobby. Like I could actually be able to like take that and work in like use because I, I I was like. Like I said, I was kind of a weird kid in a weird headspace, and yeah. I kind of had to create my own opportunities. Like I was—I didn't have a youth group at church, so I got to like design my own, and I made my own budget, and I presented it to the wow. like you know, to the church, and they gave me funds for snacks. So I got to be in charge. <laughs> it was like you got to make your own weird spaces sometimes. So that's good. You do that, but then figuring out how to navigate that, and I like I said, I always like worked in this element, thought it was kind of where I was gonna be, and then it just didn't end up like working out as anticipated so now it gets to be like the fun part that yeah I get to hell do. yeah now how yeah. old are how old are you guys how old are you 41 41 i just turned 40 so we're like the same i'm old enough old <laughs> enough you won't share it huh i mean it's the same answer to all the other questions you know what's your budget <laughs> gosh damn this guy's a hard hard <laughs> hard guy all right all right what's how old are you oh i'm 36 and a half okay yeah. no i just ask because like because like you talk about like getting up five to seven and you talk about getting up one and you talk about like all these things it's like I almost have like a certain amount of uh, like I really like what I do, but I mean I you know I went out you know a couple nights this week already and it's like you only, I only have like a couple nights in the tank to go do comedy you know like you have other things going on yeah like what are your goals it's a goal like it's a goal setting thing. I, yeah. I I need the attention and honestly like I am have a lot of social anxiety yeah and it I don't know why but it's so much easier for me to have a microphone and have a crowd. Yeah. Like I prefer that conversation. I don't yeah. know why. So like what like like social anxiety in like what situations? In all situations. So like just you're like talking to the like a stranger, you're talking to people you know at like a wedding, you're sitting like next at a table, like what what I've is just it? operated my whole life under the assumption that I am less than oh, wow. everyone I'm else. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry about and that. And so I guess I just go in with this pre notion that like me talking or saying hello or whatever is like I shouldn't do it without invitation basically no it's okay so this is an ironic thing then because like when I first met you at the ramshackle we did that show together I would have guessed the absolute opposite like when you came in you were like what's up like you were like direct with everyone yeah it's something I'm trying to force myself to do but it's something I really I mean to me that's the most nerve-wracking part of doing comedy is just, you know, cause, and I am extra like, so like you're extra. Yeah. You're extra. It's a lot. It's and, amazing. <laughs> and, um, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, it, I think it's just like a recent assumption that comedy has given me that I do have a space. I do belong in this world and I do have a voice and I do have something to say that matters. That's beautiful. So, That's beautiful. I mean, it's a struggle, but that was, somebody was like, what's your New Year's resolution? I'm like, to initiate more conversations with comics. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's okay to that's talk to people. Wild. <laughs> they won't hate you. That's, no. That's oh. a good thing. I think it is weird, though, because I, I, especially when you're new, because uh, people do it, you know, people do know each other. And then when you walk into that room and everyone is like talking and you're just like, you don't want to be that person that's like too busting in and too eager. But then when you do like talk to someone, then it's like you have like a buddy for forever at every time you see him. I right? am always over eager. I can't. Are you really? Oh, I can't crank it down. That doesn't work. Right, so that's, I'm that's why now. I like going around with her because then I don't have to. I just stand there and be like, yeah, she's talking. Okay. Now I say something. No. I've met you. She's introduced me. She knows everybody. Okay. Let her talk. Okay. Now you say something. It's oh, all right. No, I'm confused I, now. I thought you. I thought you were like nervous oh, in social I, situations. Oh, It's it, no. It's I, the thing about it was that, like I said, it was kind of a thing that. I, no, I'm just nervous. It's when a time. nervous tick is your superpower. Yeah. So you're nervous. A, so then you like no, fight the I nervousness mean, by attacking the conversation. So I, uh, <laughs> so I hit. I was gonna say. So the thing that I like to. The thing I like to. How I like to explain it best is that like I have. Like I said, I realized kind of. I. I couldn't put words to it, but I realized kind of early on that I had this issue with, like, 
mental health where it just did not function in the same way as everyone else. And then adding on the like being like a queer kid who couldn't quite figure it out, but everyone else knew something was going on. But you like, did not know. Oh, no. I mean, I was like, ooh, we're just going to hold it in until college. Okay, okay, Like, it was okay. like, if we can just hold Did it you down. know or did you, like, you knew, like, something was, like, not clicking and you couldn't figure it out? Well, the suppressed part that you like to, you know, bring out for fun times yeah. is that I just remember being, like, 13, listening to my best friend talking about making out with this dude, Jim. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, God, this sounds horrible. I don't oh, know I wow, never wow. Okay. make out with, oh, I want to make out with chicks yeah and then yeah. i was like well we're gonna figure this out later okay i also was like in a household that on paper looked pretty like conservative christian yeah. you just put it away so it was just it was just like we'll fig- you know we'll just hope that pu- you're a late bloomer you just uh, like and have and you focus on the like watching futurama yeah 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 hyper focus on the tv shows that you can like work <laughs> through and process i got yeah. real into roswell that year Couldn't yeah help myself but it was like this is like yeah, this is amazing. This is like a, thank you for sharing. Uh, yeah, thank you for <laughs> oh, sharing no all this. Yeah, it, uh, the more you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like you kind of just you're not. But also it was like it's not the confidence in it. It was it was more along the lines of like I knew that I just kind of had to figure out where I sat with it, and I was hoping that I had time to do it. Others putting it on me, and then dealing with like that projection, and also how they like manipulated you with it. Like I had some negative experiences with people with like. I would come out to in confidence and say, like, I'm not sure how I identify in this way. And then as a peer, you know, you hope that they're going to be, like, supportive because mm-hmm. they, it seemed like on paper they would be. And then in, behind the scenes, they end up using it as a point of, like, um, pressure, social oh, pressure. Geez. And it can come out in a lot of ways and it can suck. And, you yeah. know, you just kind of, like I said, that's when I was just like, well, I get to figure out my own situation and yeah. i got really good at babysitting because i was always available on friday night i got you i got you so yeah, you know yeah, yeah yeah you hustle and you buy your cds it circles yeah, back around to the music yeah. trauma yeah. but i uh, no it <laughs> call back <laughs> i i can't help it um but yeah it's like you have to kind of figure you figure it out with it um, this is a bit you just did a bit <laughs> i hope you like got that written down somewhere. i think i just am a bit that's my problem no that's a bit so. i mean that's a great i mean you could get Thank there's you. a lot there yeah but yeah it's like i said it was just like you kind of have an idea how things were going to work with it and then comedy also was a level of like i just had also situations other kids weren't dealing with my mom my uh my mom's mother had a stroke when i was a little kid so she lived with us and there was just like constant people in and out of the house and because i I have nerd parents who just want to make the world a better place they had to explain that we had like the privilege of having in-home care and then my mom took the opportunity to like explain medicare to me and i was like this isn't making me friends Um, not making me friends. So, you know. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But the occupational therapist uh, hey, likes to play with the Tinker Toys. Listen, <laughs> I had a stepfather that bathed in the ponds. Oh, my God. In his whitey tighties. <laughs> and uncles that lived in trailers, campers on the property and filled up water in antifreeze jugs okay and i don't know what they used it for and they never really washed or changed their clothes and they would just walk to the bar and like people would pick them up but then their car would stink for like a year and you know then i had to get on the school bus with everybody on the road knowing you know it's not a competition here ladies no it's not a competition but i didn't have friends either so no the best part about me and rila is we know that if we had been in the same small town we would just be like yeah. We had this conversation. We were just Your parents would have saved me and I would have added interest to your life. You already do and they love you. <laughs> because My parents ASA are so trauma show. Yeah. No, the this trauma is a, show. It's yeah. not I was gonna say it's I'd mostly be like just, Leonardo DiCaprio's character in Growing Pains. Oh, oh I missed it. I didn't get to it's watch a little before like, my time. Uh, it's a little before my time. Oh that's a I, I remember it. seeing it, but I didn't get like media. I grew up he, in a he was a, room, I don't. Like, he was a playing... foster kid. That's all I know. You know, oh, they, yeah, so, no, like, they threw him in to add interest kind of, to the show. It just kind of worked backwards and figured out what happened in most of TV. It's like, oh, some kids had a problem. Life sucks. So you were an intense violin guy. Yeah. I was like, all my mom's parents were like tiger moms. Yeah. So I had to like measure up to all, all her like Asian friends' kids. Yes. Which is like another layer of like try hard yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah, like yeah. as a child i've like malformed because i had to like scrunch my violin with this like chin and shoulder for like 5 10 15 minutes of time as like a two three four year old now are you so like you were like 
you peaked out on the violin? Uh, I think there's definitely a, a ass ceiling. I still have plenty of stuff to do, and I still play, you know, here and there. So I guess my question is like, that's that's sounds intense, right? Now, are you like happy that process happened, or are you like? A little frustrated that's the way it went i mean we could go back in time and fix all sorts of things and it would be yeah. great i think there's like if i you know it's very easy for me i've done a lot of thinking about this would you believe yeah. um it's just easy to draw a circle around two very clear things i think lacking in a lot of music education for kids which is how to write your own music because we have tools now that we didn't have when i was a kid i had to write sheet music by hand we didn't yeah. have you know garage band for example yeah um you know a metronome was tough to come by you didn't just have an app to do your tuning and all this other yeah. stuff so like creation, creation, not just literacy on like a reading level, but on a writing level, we don't teach kids how to make their own music, which I think is a core component to any sort of literacy, um, especially music. And I would definitely have like, I think the, the idea of choice is another thing. There's such a rigor, rigorous curriculum for a lot of things. And because funding for arts in the schools is what it is, a lot of times you get something that's well-funded, but also highly structured or something that's like maybe very innovative and creative, but poorly funded because it has to be kind of innovative and creative because it's operating under like yeah. funding constrictions. So we're going to make our own instruments yeah. or like, you know, use copyright free music to do this. I'm mean, like the pressure. Like, are you happy that like, you got that pressure and it like forced you to become Ooh. this violin master or are you like regretful? On I mean, that? there's all sorts of that. things I could have done with my time and energy at the end of the day. It is who I am and I'm definitely a better person for it. And I yeah. definitely learned a lot of, I think there's a lot of, like sight reading. I was talking about this with a friend the other day playing music. You go into a sight reading thing for any sort of audition and it's like, how well can you read the thing off the piece of paper and make it sound like what's written on the piece of paper where that's like somebody just assessing you like on an evaluation level, like, can they do this? Um, what, what I think I really got, got out of it is like that the sight reading is a two way street. Like, do I want to be doing this? Like, figuring out what kind of gigs I want to be taking, what kind of sight reading things I want to do, or like even that notion of like the job interview of like negotiating this thing that I see. Do I like what I see on the paper? Is this the type of music I want to be playing? Is this the type of job I want to be playing? Is this the type of person I want to be playing with? Um, the first time you play with somebody is always the first time. And after that, you know, it's, it's the second time or the third time, but that first time you really have a conversation with somebody musically, uh, you know, you can learn a lot. Like, is, does it, is it working? And I think that's something about music in general, about playing with an ensemble, about learning all the different types of, uh, you know, kind of core components that translate across curriculum, uh, you know, co you know, cooperation, collaboration, uh, ear training, uh, keeping, you know, keeping time, singular focus, all it's these all things. all above me. It's all above me. You're right there. You see it on a daily. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. I've learned a lot today, you guys. I've learned a lot. Um, all right. So this is like, our, we've almost, we're like, we're at it, we're past an hour. Oh. So it's okay. We want to like, this is my final question. Yeah. All right. Where, so like the goal is, right? So like you guys are invited, everyone's invited back, first of all, always. And then just because you did uh, like technically rise episode, yeah. you could have your own episode, right? You bring your own people. So, um, I mean, this is really enjoyable for me. Uh, all right. So my question is, so like in a year, right? We'd hope that you'd like come back and we get like another check-in type of thing. Um, where do you want to be in a year in the comedy stuff? I mean, in a year, theoretically, I would like to see my podcast to have grown to the point where I can maybe start to uh, monetize that. Rep your podcast real quick. Rep it. I, it's in the weeds and on the fly. It's okay. a podcast about working in the restaurant industry. Uh, we take any kind of guests, any kind of stories, even if you're a customer, we want to hear your story about your bad experience. Um, we'd love to tell you why it's your fault, not ours. <laughs> um, or tell you why you're right. Either way, we want to hear about restaurant experiences. We want small businesses to go on. Um, we had Kitchen Proper out of Battle Creek, Michigan, just this amazing restaurant on recently. We hope to do that with more small businesses. Uh, basically, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram, In the Weeds and On the Fly. All your links will be there and slide into our DMs and tell us stories. Yeah. All right. So where do you want to be in a year? So you want to monetize that podcast? I want to monetize that podcast. And I would, you know, love to be regularly getting booked at like it, some gigs around Michigan or in nice. the Midwest. Nice. You know? All right, Big Joe. 
where you want to be in a year comedy wise you got a lot of things going on so we'll yeah focus i know um, so for me it's a, it's about integration it's about weaving that in weaving all the parts together and not being as compartmentalized um so i do got more heavily into streaming just like live streaming mm-hmm. uh over pandemic time because it was a thing um and i've got all the tools to do it um i'll be having a new studio set up here in the next couple months and so by this time next year i hope to have that just I would have regular programming like Sunday night interviews. I really love interviewing people. I love talking to people. Yeah. I love this format of just kind of like teasing out like, you know, what uh, you know, that kind of core curriculum for each person. Like each person has their own kind of yeah. you know, fingerprint on life. What does that look like? You know, if I was to read all of your books that make up you or good, listen to man. the songs or smell the smells, like let's yeah. get into it. Um and then making stuff. I have so many different things. I want to play all the instruments that I have. I want to you know, ride all the bikes that I own, like comedy wise, comedy wise, comedy wise, a comedy wise. And that's part of it is taking the show on the road, doing more like, you know, uh, you know, doing, doing live stream interviews on a bike ride, you know, going on. Oh a bike ride yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, that's you know, a great idea. That's what I'm saying. Like that's a great so that's, idea. That's another one. Like do that over the, you know, summertime, see how long we can do that in the wintertime. Yeah. Um, you know, having Colin time stuff. I've always wanted to, you know, there's like car talk, but for bikes it exists, but bike people are so serious again. So serious. Um, I know so, they wear those special outfits. You know, know that they're not riding the bike because they have to, but because they like it. Yeah. <laughs> <I want. laughs> that's a good joke. Some people just Write like to be down. choked on their legs is that's all I'm going to say. That's a pet peeve of mine. I'm Write like, I don't need to see middle-aged men in spandex. Right, like, you know? I'll be like, oh, now I know you're not a poor person. Okay. There is definitely an inverse bell curve in terms of like the bicycling population is public perception. You're either homeless or a dentist. Yeah, that's good. That's a that's a dude. I'm you guys are getting bits. These are great bits. All right, Julia. Yes. One year from now, where do you want to be comedy wise? So this is really complicated for me because all your answers have been so keep it going. This is I love Um, it. So I theoretically like beforehand I said like in 2019 was when I was like I'm serious about it and I have a plan and part of the whole thing that came about with it is that before um I had major life changes and one of them that I try to talk about a lot is that I had found out that I have like celiac because of course again can't just have one thing yeah yeah um but (laughs) um and it was a weird throwback for me because like I've dealt with a lot of like major medical issues you know for a long time and it's just been part of my life and I hate it because I'm also someone who likes to be really physically active obviously Mm -hmm. um and so balancing that has been really tough and when the pandemic hit I had to really like step back and realize how much it had taken out of me to have like a chronic illness that I'd had such struggle identifying. Um, and then trying to come back into comedy, I've hit a wall sometimes when realizing that I've like pushed myself a little too hard. Um, which as I said, you know, it all ties back around your health and is complicated mm-hmm. and the mental health thing and balancing it. So, connected. Yeah. Connected. Yeah, yeah. So like I originally am such a person who's like, I want so many shows in such a time. But what I realize is that like, I've always had a kind of this idea that like, I couldn't, one, do this whole thing by myself. And not that you can. Comedy, the joy of comedy is that you have to, like, build a community in order to, like, really be successful. Mm-hmm. But being able to kind of rely and lean in on myself on it, but also pace it and kind of look at it as, like I said, I got into it because I love writing. So taking the time to do that. Because otherwise I've been having ju- trouble juggling my, like, health. And, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. you know, that's a hard one to... It's really hard to be someone in a position who has to be, like, conscious of how much time they can dedicate. Um, It's a cool conversation I've been having with a lot of comics, though, being open about it, is how it's, like, really hard to manage that energy, the time, and just how your health can change in, like, a moment for some people. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so that's where I get serious about it and talk about it. But, like, being more confident in publishing writing and then kind of enjoying being, like, could I play with like humorist writing? Could I be more like yeah. centered around that and taking more confidence and like putting writing out there is kind of my goal with it. And then seeing how much I can get for like shows from it. But it's also been really cool because I've also gotten like some people reach back out and ask and like have invitations to come on shows. And- oh, nice. Yeah. So I've got like two. So I've got, so that's my like two. Yeah. Yeah. What are your two? I got the basement burger bar in Farmington. And Hell I'm yeah. excited. When is I, that? When is that? Uh, that is February 28th. And I'm, I, uh, 
in doing it with my buddy Marissa, who came, I came, I took the Mark Ridley's class with. Nice. Um, she's hilarious, and she has also had kind of the same thing as me. She's yeah. um, a veteran, and she's an amputee, so she has to like really be conscious of her health. She's hilarious, and she's been really working this cir- that circuit of like veterans yeah. like shows. So we're gonna do that together because we both have been like sitting in our apartments, like our yeah. own personal spaces, just like wallowing in self pity a little too much. So we're kicking each other. Gotta get out. Here. Yeah. When is that? Um, like I said, that's the February twenty eighth, and then Supernatural Brewing Company, which I uh, Dan. Turco. Turco. Yes. And then okay. there's a Dan Turco and someone else. Uh, Ali Snyder. Ali Snyder. Yeah. Um, Ali Snyder yeah. is amazing. We love yeah. It's a real, I'm LA. super excited. I um, am getting to do it on the 30th. So, and that's in Livonia, which is really neat because I'm going to be able to like invite yeah. people out who are It's a good area. one. That's a, a sweet. I know. I'm super jazzed. It's a really about good it, show. So. I haven't been on, I, I'm on there uh, later this year. Okay. I'm awesome. excited. Yeah. Yeah. First time. I've been like, wanting to do that for a really long time. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's cool. You guys have been, listen, you guys have been awesome to talk to. I super appreciate. Thank you so much for assembling these group of characters and coming all the way from Kalamazoo. Let's hear it for you. Let's hear it for you. So for realer, iller than you could really get Been sober but I got dealers who wanna see me slip I want at least half a million before I'm 36 I'm trying to reach past the ceiling like I was building shit So I could be at peace, have children and chill with them Move to Greece with my woman friend at least some villages There's no limit like Master P, I'm sealing it Signed and delivered, you feeling that? What's really big? What's really good, what's really hood, what's really poppin', what really should be These imposters really want it, they really could Get it, man, forget it, I wish they would What's really big, what's really good, what's really hood, what's really poppin', what really should be These imposters really want it, they really could Get it, man, forget it, I wish they would I had to give the gas a touch, mash the clutch Cause going fast is a habit to cut it I go past, leave you back in my dust Like road rash, make you cats go crash In the back of a truck I'm like Bruce Lee, bad as they come Coming back like his son, Brandon Smacking actors with guns and landing Like Michael after slamming a dunk On the runway to heaven Cause that's where Kevin is from Like I was sent from the sun Setting the gap from the slump Never letting all the stress overcome It's a blessing And that's no question So guessing is dumb But hold up One second Cause the lesson isn't done I've been messing with these hi-hats Kicks and drums But started way after I crafted some lyrics when young So don't think for one second You're comparing the gunning Just think for one second Stop staring and fronting What's really big? What's really good, what's really hood, what's really poppin', what really should be These imposters really want it, they really could Get it, man, forget it, I wish they would What's really big, what's really good, what's really hood, what's really poppin', what really should be These imposters really want it, they really could Get it, man, forget it, I wish they would